Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is Stephanie Powers. You're listening to TV Confidential. Where are you? What's this all about? Why don't you come out and see for yourself? The address is 10,086 Sunset Boulevard. Ed Roberts with a reminder that the next edition of TV Confidential will air next week on this station at the usual time. We hope you join us for that. In the meantime, our guest this hour is Nancy Olson Livingston. Nancy Olson Livingston, star of Sunset Boulevard, Pollyanna, and many other movies and stage productions. Nancy's memoir, A Front Row Seat, includes recollections of her memorable encounters with William Holden, Billy Wilder, Gloria Swanson, Bing Crosby, Marilyn Monroe, John Wayne, and many other Hollywood celebrities, as well as the backstory behind the garden party that she hosted in 1964 that helped introduce the Beatles and the various times that John F. Kennedy came in and out of her life. A front row seat, an intimate look at Broadway, Hollywood, and the age of glamour is available in bookstores everywhere through our friends at University Press of Kentucky. You can also find a front row seat, Amazon.com, where books are sold online. I have an email question from my colleague, Greg Airbar. Greg is our resident Disney expert. He's also our resident music expert. Ed, please ask Nancy if she talks about Alan Livingston's career at Capitol Records, specifically the famous children's series of records he he developed and his creation of Bozo the Clown. It, I mean, in many respects, you know, Alan Livingston was one of the people that made Capitol Records Capitol Records. Oh, absolutely. No question about that. But when he got out of the Army, his, his brother was a composer, Jay Livingston. Mm-hmm who wrote Butts and Bows and Silver Bells and... Kesara and oh my God. Um, and he has like three Academy Awards mm-hmm. for songs. And um, so he was coming out to California, and they were very close, the brothers. Mm-hmm. And so Alan came out, and he was still in uniform, a lieutenant, and um, he went to Capitol Records, or no, he went to the to the, the agency, the, the employment agency, and he said, I'm interested in doing something at Capitol Records, which was just a young, new record company. And he said, if you find out what they are looking for, tell me, and if I will then go and say and, and emphasize how I can do the, that specific whatever they're looking for, and then if I get the job, I will pay you. So they said, they are looking for, I don't remember what it was, but it was something. So Alan prepared himself for that and went and met the person who was hiring 
And he said, we just hired the person that is applying for that position. He said, however, I'm interested in talking to you, and I'd like you to go and go to the uh, the department that that is picking out what kind of things we should be recording. And so he went to that area, and he talked to them, and they said, well, you are sound so bright and so interestingly and talented. We hear that, but what we really need is someone to write a children's album. And they're not popular now, they're not being, they're not selling, but we feel that there is an opening for something like that. We'd like to experiment with it. So Alan said, oh, I could, I'd love to do that. What did he know about it? <laughs> but anyway, he created Bozo the Clown, which became the number one, first of all, it sold over a million records. Mm-hmm which children's albums never did. And then he started, because he was doing this so successfully, they had him do other albums, and he did all kinds of children's uh, albums that were extremely, I mean, they were, not, they were on the chart mm-hmm. and selling millions of records. So they hired him, and he was in, that, that was his department. And then he started working with, the, the department was making all the records of people like Nat Cole. Mm-hmm. And he went over there, and he said, look, he said, I've been thinking about uh, these some of these things that you're doing and recording, and he said, I've got an idea. He said, Nat Cole is the pianist for the Nat King Cole trio. But he said, I've heard him do some singing. He's a soloist. And he went to Nat and said, you know, you're a I think we should put out a record of you singing a song. And Nat said, oh, for God's sake, I'm not a singer. And they put out Nature Boy, and that was the end of that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he became one of the number one soloists on records in the country. The story of how Nat King Cole became Nat King Cole is one of the many stories that Nancy Olson Livingston shares in her wonderful memoir, Front Row Seat, which you can find in bookstores everywhere through University Press of Kentucky as well as Amazon.com where books are sold online. Before we leave the subject of children's um, music, uh, one thing that you mentioned in your book, and this is something our colleague Greg mentions a lot uh, when 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 he has his segment on our program, is Alan uh, was the force behind when Capitol released children's books. A lot of times, I mean, uh, children's records they would have like read-along books that you could read along. That was Alan's creation. Yeah, I mean, I remember that as a kid. Yeah, and he he said, uh, "Why don't we add uh, a book that goes with the record that the children can read?" And then when the when Bozo whist, blows his whistle, they'll know to turn the page, mm-hmm. and the picture will be there, and what Bozo is saying. And this was an amazing creation because it helped people, it helped children be interested in reading a book. Yeah. 
you're not, you're, it's not just entertainment. There's, there's, there's the sensory perception, and you know, you, you, there's, there's, it's, it's an engagement. It's a very active engagement versus just sitting passively and listening. Right. So uh, Alan was a genius. Alan was a genius, which, which brings us to our next question. Now, they say a hit is a hit. You know it when you hear it. Did you and Alan ever talk about that? I mean, what to you makes a hit? What to him made a hit? He was, first of all, I, I, I played the piano. Mm-hmm. I was very musical. Mm-hmm. And he got that. He knew that. We shared, by the way, we loved uh, classical music. Mm-hmm. And I, was a, I played the piano, and he played the violin growing up, later the saxophone. But he would love the, the violin concertos. I would like the piano concertos. But he, we had a tremendous group of classical records. And every night we would play in the back. And I always said the children grew up with the background of the most beautiful music ever composed mm-hmm. with this in the background, silently playing or quietly playing in the background And when we had dinner every night. And so we both shared so much. But... One day he came home and he said, Nancy, there are changes in the industry and in the world and in the music world. He said in the 30s, he said the, the big bands were absolutely dominant. And he said the 40s, he said in the mid 40s, Frank Sinatra fang at the Paramount studio, you know, pictures in, on Broadway and they had to close Broadway. There was such a huge uproar and you know people fainting and trying to get close to him etc <laughs> and then he said in the 50s there was Elvis Elvis Presley and he said I'm going to come home for lunch and I want to play you something because I think it's the next step and he never came home for lunch ever so I thought oh my goodness this is, must be something mm-hmm. And he played, I want to hold your hand. <laughs> I want to hold your hand. And I said, Alan, that's the worst thing I ever heard. <laughs> and he looked at me. He thought I would agree with him. Yeah. And be as interested as he was. So the poor guy went back to Capitol, and he called the his, the, the manager, whose name has gone out of my head, Epstein, hmm? Brian Epstein. Brian Epstein, yeah. And said, we'll, we'll find them. And he said, wait a minute, you have to spend $40,000. $40,000. People go to Saks Fifth Avenue, and they, they spend $40,000 mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. shoes and mm-hmm. bags and clothes. But in those days, it was a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And... He said, we'll do it. And, of course, it changed the music business. It changed the music business, and it's, it set the stage for what turned out to be the most celebrated event of 1964, a private event that Nancy Olson Limison hosted that featured the Beatles. To read all about that, to learn the backstory of, how, of what really happened, you got to pick up a copy of a front-row seat the story of Nancy's life and career available bookstores everywhere through our friends at University Press of Kentucky. I want to ask you at least one question about Sunset Boulevard. And I just I, I just thought of this before I called you today. One thing I learned about William Holden 
is that you know he was a movie star. He knew he was a movie star, but that did not define who he was. He had a lot of interests outside of Hollywood. And after reading a front row seat, Nancy, I think the same could be said about you. I mean, you were never, you were you were grateful to be part of the studio system and the and the, and the opportunities it gave you, but being a star did not was not the whole of your life. No, no, and also being, I mean, I learned a lot from Sunset Boulevard. That stars are commodities. Stars are to be sold, and they are to be exaggerated. I mean, you're more beautiful than you really are. You're sexier than you really are. You're you're more entrancing than you really <laughs> enchanting than you really are, uh, and that there is also a loneliness and isolation and I was 21 years old and I wanted to be up out there in the world with friends and finding out more about who are my new friends and I was trapped in a sound stage four stories high with a wardrobe woman a makeup man a hairdresser an assistant director, and come on. I was there from 7 in the morning for two hours in makeup and hair, and then from 9 to 6 in this dark stage. And I thought, is this what movie stars' lives are? Day after day, this is it? And I... This was not for me. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to be much more a part of the world. Plus, every woman movie star that I knew, I never, very few actually were successfully married with a really wonderful husband, children, family. That's where I came from. That's how I was brought up. I have a doctor's daughter Mm -hmm. from Milwaukee. My mother was a school teacher. I knew then that when I met Alan Lerner and he was a writer and he was with the most interesting people in the world in New York, he'd already written Brigadoon, which I adored. Mm -hmm. And I was going to have the life that I really was seeking. I was going to find out more about it and grow up in it. And... So I said goodbye to Paramount, and they said, you, you know, we, you, this is before Sunset was released. <laughs> so when it came out, the pressure on me was enormous. Yeah. And Bill and I, you know, did four pictures together, and we became really close friends. We adored each other. <laughs> we, when we saw each other, we was like, Bill, man, <laughs> hugged and kissed, and oh, my God, how are you? And we'd catch up with our lives. Anyway, it, it's been an interesting life. It's, it, to, to quote Clarence the Angel, it's been a wonderful life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we are very, very grateful uh, that you have shared part of your day with us. Nancy Olson Livingston. Nancy's memoir, A Front Row Seat, available in bookstores everywhere from our friends at University Press of Kentucky. You can also find it. Amazon.com, wherever books are sold online. Nancy, I cannot tell you how much I've enjoyed our conversation. I hope we'll have a chance to chat again one of these days on TV Confidential. And thank you so 
much. You've been wonderful. Your questions are great. <laughs> I've relived things. <laughs> Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Tana Frederick, and you are listening to TV Confidential. Robertson with enough time to tell you that you're a fan of Russell Simmons' Deaf Comedy Jam. Our friends at Time Life have just released the dopest, deafest DVD collection featuring some of the biggest names in comedy, including Dave Chappelle, Kevin Hart, Martin Lawrence, Chris Rock, Bernie Mac, Tiffany Haddish, Tracy Morgan, and a whole lot more. That will be Russell Simmons' Deaf Comedy Jam, All Stars, Volumes 1 and 2, epic 12 DVD collection featuring 36 of the very best episodes of Russell Simmons' Deaf Comedy Jam, Russell Simmons' Deaf Comedy Jam, All-Stars Volumes 1 and 2, now available wherever DVDs are sold through our friends at Time Life. Besides 36 episodes of Deaf Comedy Jam, this DVD collection includes a bonus DVD called Jack and Cedric the Entertainer present All-Star Comedy Jam, a comedy showcase featuring stand-up performances by Kevin Hart, Tommy Davidson, and DeRay Davis, plus a 24-page collector's booklet and more. Russell Simmons' Deaf Comedy Jam, All-Stars Volumes 1 and 2, available now wherever DVDs are sold through our friends at Time Life. A reminder that a front row seat, an intimate look at Broadway, Hollywood, and the Age of Glamour by Nancy Olson. Livingston is available in bookstores everywhere through our friends at University Press of Kentucky. You can also find it Amazon.com where books are sold online. Ed Robertson, Beth Tony Figueroa, Dana Allen, Phil Grace, and Greg Airbar. Thank you so much for listening. Stay healthy, stay safe. We'll talk to you next time on TV Confidential. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay Area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411. Or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.